In today's episode, we will be discussing the question, is it always God's will to heal? I'm going to attempt to represent both sides of the discussion with clarity, and ultimately, we will allow God's word to speak for itself. I do believe there is a clear answer to this question. We will first look at the verses that are taught to show that it is always God's will to heal physically here on earth. Secondly, we will share what that brings out for the believer. And lastly, we will look at what God's word says in regards to healing and affliction in a believer's life. So grab a Bible, a pen, and some paper, sit back and relax as the great sift begins right now. Welcome to the Great Sift Podcast. Through weekly installments, we provide content that will engage, encourage, and empower you as a believer in Jesus Christ. We tackle topics of the day, host interviews, and provide a biblical view on what is happening in the church and the world at large. So, grab a Bible, open your heart, and let's begin to sift through all that God has in store. Let me first begin by sharing with you a couple of things. Number one, I am not a cessationist. I'm a continuationist. I do believe in the spiritual gifts are being active today. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that the Holy Spirit apportions gifts to whom he wills. So the gifts of the Spirit, which are found in um, later in 1 Corinthians 12, are given by the Holy Spirit to whom he wills them to have them. However, the Word of God does give us the ability to know if they are from God. For instance, let's use prophecy. If a prophecy is given and it does not come to pass or it is wrong, it was never from the Lord. You can find this test in Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, having said that, I do believe that God heals today. I do believe that miracles can happen today, and they are done by the Holy Spirit as He wills them to be. Now, as it pertains to the question for this episode, is it always God's will to heal physically here on earth? Is it always his will? Like it could never be turned around. Is it always God's will to heal here physically, emotionally, mentally here on earth? Well, I believe that that answer is no. It is not always God's will to heal. Now, that doesn't mean that he cannot or does not as he decides, but rather in his sovereignty, we can see how healing is for the believer in the light of eternity, not just in the earthly fashion, meaning that sometimes the healing comes as when we head into glory, that is when our healing is is given to us. Now, if you disagree, don't turn off the episode just yet. Give me a few minutes and I will explain. And I will also share a personal testimony to this very question as well. Please remember, it is important that when we study scripture, we look at the full context to see what is actually being taught. So let's first look at how the teaching of it is always God's will to heal has been presented by many different teachers throughout the last uh, 50 to 60 years. Now, I personally have listened to many different teachings on this topic from leaders within the visible church and the charismatic movement as well. Rather than just listening to opinions on the scripture, I compiled the main scripture that people use to examine to see if what they are teaching lines up with what the scripture they are using is actually saying. I will give you the references. We will read them. And I want to share with you the way that it is taught in a lot of ministries around the world as truth. 
Now, please note, I'm not trying to misrepresent or slant any of the teaching. If you believe that I'm misrepresenting this, this side as well, please DM me or email me um, at thegreatsift at gmail.com. If you personally know me uh, and you have my phone number, text me. I, I'm always more than willing to have a conversation to further discuss the topics that I present. So here's the premise of the teaching then. It is always God's will to heal. So for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sharing with you how the teaching goes. Okay. It is always God's will to heal. And here's how we know that. Let's look at several passages of scripture. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and go to Isaiah chapter 53. We're going to be in verses four and five. First Peter chapter two, verse 24, Matthew chapter eight, verses 16 through 17 and Psalm 103, two through three. Now I want you to notice there's a lot of scripture here. There's a lot of cross-referencing. There's some from the old Testament, some from the new. So we're going to substantiate the teaching is going to try and substantiate this claim that it is always God's will to physically heal here on earth. Now let's keep looking. Okay. Now that we know that Jesus was prophesied about for hundreds of years before he came to earth, we know that the Old Testament is a foreshadow of Jesus and speaks to the reconciliation of mankind to himself. So as we explore the scriptures, we are going to see it is always God's will to heal as well. Now, all of that is true, right? That the Old Testament is a foreshadow of Jesus. It does speak to the reconciliation of mankind to himself. But that last line, it is always God's will to heal as well. Well, we'll let's keep going and, and we'll get further into this. Starting in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, we read this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that, our, that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So as you can see, this is speaking of Jesus. As verse 5 says, with his wounds, we are healed. This is also restated by the Apostle Peter. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on that tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Notice, Peter restates that which Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. He's confirming that by Jesus' wounds, we have been healed. It is God's will to heal us. Now let's continue. Matthew 8, 16 through 17. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. You see, once again, Jesus fulfills prophecy, and by him we are healed. Lastly, we know this to be the character of God due to Psalms 103, 2 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. You see, it is in the very nature of God to heal diseases. Now, at face value, <laughs> without proper context, that makes a lot of cross-referencing sense. There are many other places within the scripture that people may go to as well, but these are the ones that we're going to focus on today. 
If one doesn't apply the rule of context, they may simply see one verse and extrapolate a meaning that isn't intended. Oftentimes, after setting this type of foundation, some teachers will appeal to our sensibilities as well and say, say things like that since Jesus healed everyone that came to him for healing, then we can see that it is always his will to do so here on earth. It makes sense on the surface, yet when we further look at the Bible and what it teaches, we see that a physical healing here on earth may happen and may not. The tension is found in that this teaching says it is always God's will for a physical healing or affliction to be removed from a person's life right now, today, in our physical lives here on earth. But is that what these verses actually mean? Does Isaiah 53, 5, by his wounds, we are healed, mean that we are always supposed to have physical healing right now here on earth? Well, let's begin there. The Hebrew word for healed is rafa, which means to heal or make whole. So how does the context of this passage help us to understand this phrase? And with his wounds, we are healed. Let's read Isaiah 53, verses 2 through 10. All right. Now, as we read this, I want to encourage you to think of the entire, um, the entire passage as we read through it. And what is the entire passage actually talking about? Starting in verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, and so he opened not his mouth." By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made this grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, yet it was the will, did you hear it? Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The context of the passage is describing our Lord and Savior. It is beautiful. However, when reading it, the emphasis is upon Christ and his sacrifice for us. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and put him to grief. This had to be done in the physical for the reconciliation of mankind back to God. 
The term healed or to make whole is not in the physical slash earthly sense in this context. It is making us whole and healing us from the sinfulness and wickedness of this world through one man, Jesus Christ. I know, I know. I just felt some of your eyes roll at me and think that I'm stretching because of my presuppositions. But let's continue examining context, okay? So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. This is a, a big text that people will go to and say, and it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. This is where the cross-referencing helps the teachers that say it was restated by the Apostle Peter and that we are always to be healed. Well, let's look at the context of this passage. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For 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 to this you have I'm sorry, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. We heard that in, in uh, Isaiah 53:9. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly, meaning the heavenly father. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed for you were like straying sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." Is this passage explaining how, do we are, how we are to be physically healed here on earth? Or is it explaining that while you endure suffering, Christ is to be glorified? The term suffering in this passage is, saying, is a saying of feeling of pain, physical or emotional stress. Now, verse 25 is so beautiful. We were like straying sheep but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. We are healed, made whole because of what he suffered and what he did for us. But that doesn't mean that we too won't have suffering or sickness or pain in our lives. We live in a fallen world and the Bible does not teach that it is his will that we are to be always healed physically right now. Okay, now let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by the demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. See, this fulfillment of prophecy was to substantiate Jesus as Messiah. We should be so happy that that is the case. This, however, is a description of how Jesus' ministry was showing him to be the one true Messiah, the Christ, the King. 
Okay, now I know there are probably many out there who still do not agree with me. However, I'm going to show you some clear things in Scripture in just a moment that I hope you will consider as it pertains to this issue. Here is what I have observed for many, many years, and honestly, this is what prompted me to make this episode. When someone teaches this, it causes some things to happen in the minds of believers. If a teacher says it is always God's will to heal here on earth, they substantiate their claim by some of the verses that I've shared or other ones that I haven't, then they make a believer out of an individual. Well, what then happens when they pray for themselves or someone else and healing does not happen? Well, it's not on God. I mean, it is always God's will. So it didn't happen because, well, some say it's because of the lack of faith on the person wanting to receive or a lack of faith on the person who is praying for them. Well, either way, God's sovereignty is then removed and God's healing of someone is no longer contingent upon his perfection, but rather upon the frailty of man. See, that's not found in scripture at all. I have seen through the years people trying to muster up enough faith and powerful prayers to get God's hand to move. But is that how it works? I don't believe so. I don't find anywhere in scripture that we can force God to do anything. In all of the scriptures about prayer, we come to him asking, sometimes pleading, interceding, literally going before the throne and and, and requesting, but never demanding, never uh, making it to where we're the ones in charge. It is always in his sovereignty and his grace that he moves upon the compassion of his love towards the believers and towards individuals. Now, allow me to share with you a personal story of my own. I used to believe that it was always God's will to heal physically here on earth. In 1997, my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I went to ministry school in 1999 and dove into all the things that I could learn about Jesus, ministry, and being willing to do what I could for the Lord. In 2001, my mom, through a series of events, went from being able to do most tasks on her own to being in a wheelchair with her head hanging low and not enough muscle strength to hold it upright for the rest of her life. For the next 16 years, she would be in and out of the hospital, live for the most part in a nursing home, and Parkinson's ultimately is what would take her life. I cannot tell you how many times I laid my hands on her, cried out to God to heal her body, to give me my mom back. I anointed her with oil. I whisper prayed. I shouted prayed. I would psych myself up with faith before going into her room to speak to this disease and watch it leave her body. Not one of my prayers were answered in the way that I wanted. See, she only got worse and worse. I would often think, uh, what's wrong with me? What sins have I not confessed that my mom wouldn't be healed? Why would she just lay there and not get up? Why would she forget who I am and call me a different name, if any name at all? I got really angry at God because I had done what the teachers of this doctrine had told me to do, and it was not working. So I had a choice. <laughs> I simply had a choice. Quit believing in God 
because I'm now angry and bitter and didn't didn't know how to handle it. Um, thinking that, well, if it's always God's will to heal, then there must be something wrong and it's not okay. So just quit it all or question the teachers that were telling me something that wasn't in alignment with God's word. So I began to dig. I began to look at it for myself. So once again, I placed my trust in God, not man. And I started to examine this for myself. While God doesn't promise to always heal physically in this fallen world, he does promise to always be with us. While he doesn't always remove the affliction and suffering, he does always provide peace and joy in our circumstances. Let me give you some quick thoughts and then we will end almost where we began. If it were always God's will to physically heal here on earth, then consider the following. Timothy, the uh, pastor of the church of Ephesus that Paul writes to in first and second Timothy, Timothy had a stomach issue that Paul did not pray to heal, but rather instructed him to drink wine. You can find that in first Timothy five, the apostle Paul left Trophimus sick and Miletus in second Timothy four, Paul had a thorn in his flesh, a, a literal in his flesh, whether or not you agree that it was physical ailment or a, a different kind of ailment. It's neither here nor there. Let's read where this is found. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven through 10. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with the weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to point out some things. Again, regardless, if you think this is a actual physical ailment or something else. Verse 10, for the sake of Christ, he's saying this is what's going to happen and can happen to a believer. He was, he was being given so many incredible revelations from God that he could have found himself to be arrogant, could have found himself to be conceited. But instead in verse 10, he says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. Don't you think that with inside of there, there could be some sickness within a calamity, <laughs> within persecutions and hardships of life. And then he finishes off that verse for when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh, that promise that we have in verse 10. Now, whether you believe it was a physical ailment or not, even though it does say flesh, now that's besides the point, right? God showed that his will for, was for Paul to bear the burden of this affliction to show it was only by God's grace and sufficiency that he make it through. God refused to remove and him be physically on earth made whole. God refused to remove it and physically make him whole on earth. 
Lastly, consider this, Jesus himself, Matthew 26, verses 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with him to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. So Jesus is being sorrow. He's full of sorrow and he's very troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying this, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus did not want in his human nature to go to the cross. He didn't want to have to deal with the hurt. He didn't want to have to deal with the pain. He didn't want to have to deal with that suffering. And then he says this, not as I will, but as you will. Even Jesus asked to not to go to the cross and suffer physically, yet he did because of his great love for us and obedience to the will of the Father. My friends, suffering, sickness, even death in this life will be for all of us. I've seen God heal here on earth, and it's amazing. We are to ask and petition to the Lord, but it is in his grace and his sovereignty that all things happen. Where we find peace is knowing that ultimately every believer's full healing in when we are fully reconciled back to him in glory. Let's read one more time the words of Peter. 1 Peter 2, 18 through 25. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For this, uh, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you, as, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We find our encouragement, our strength, our endurance, our help, our joy, our peace, and so much more in our loving savior, Jesus Christ. While we may not understand why some are healed and others are not, while some pass on and others do not, we can find peace in knowing that God is ultimately in control. This life is but a vapor. What matters is eternity. Our hope is eternally established in heaven and being with Christ forever. Forever. Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I trust that you found this helpful. Until next time, may God truly bless you today.